Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we wanted you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Terrence Wilson. I want to preach um, and actually start a brand new message series. This is the holidays. I mean, this is supposed to be the most joyous time uh, of year, but I realize, man, a lot of people are, are suffering in this time, often suffering in silence. Um, there's actually a, 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 disease, a disease or illness called SADS disease, and it speaks to um, a seasonal uh, disorder. There's certain seasons that come about where people, man, they fall into deep depression. And I was like, man, I know in, in, in my life, Jesus, man, is always the reason for the season, but everybody doesn't feel that way. Um, and I wanted to make sure I was conscious of those that in this holiday season may not feel that joy of the Lord uh, that is their strength. And I wanted to speak to those folks. Maybe you know those folks. I would encourage you right now, wherever you are, share this message with them. I promise you that this will bless their life. So we're starting a brand new series called Both And But Jesus First. Both And But Jesus First. I'm starting uh, by reading a passage of scripture in Luke 22, verse, verses 42 through 44. They're very familiar passages of Jesus as he's praying in the garden for strength, uh, knowing that the cross is before him. And I thought that this would be a good place to start off this series called Both And But Jesus First. And Luke 22, uh, 42 through 44, reads something uh, like this. Uh, if you if you want to follow along with me, the notes will be right in the Cool Church app. So pull it up right now. Check out the app. All the notes I'm preaching from will be right there for you. But Luke 22, 42 through 44 reads. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them. He is Jesus. He knelt down and prayed. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, your will be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. My goodness, I love that. Look at verse 44. And being in anguish, I love this, he prayed more earnestly. Wow, that's powerful. You should underline that. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Today, if you're taking notes in this first uh, part of the series, both and but Jesus first, I've entitled this message this prayer and perspective, prayer and perspective. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day, for this is the day that you have made. God, let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, before the earth began to spin on its axis, you knew each and every person that will watch this message today that would share this message today. And God, I pray that I would lie down as you rise up. Don't let these words be my own, but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. God, I pray that hearts, minds, and ears will always be open and receptive to a message that is about Jesus. God, I just thank you right now, Lord, that somebody out there, Lord, that maybe is dealing with depression or anxiety, somebody that's broken, somebody that feels low, would know that you are always the first foremost option, God. We should always cast our cares upon you. We should always look to you, God. I pray for the one person that needs to hear this message the most. May you save them and change them by the power of your grace. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Hey, before we keep on going, I want y'all to take five seconds to give Jesus Christ a shot of praise. I don't care if you're sitting in your living room. I don't care if you're in your bedroom right now. Maybe you need to jump up out of that bed or jump up off of that couch and take about five seconds to give God some praise. So here we go. One, two, three. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, energy, energy, energy. Let's go. It's going to be the best Sunday ever. So, like I was saying, you know, holidays... They, they, they're my favorite times of the year. Like, you know, the, the Thanksgiving, the Christmas run, man, those weeks that we have, I love it. 
Family gets together. You get to eat like crazy. I probably ate a little bit too much on the Thanksgiving holiday, if I could be real with you. But man, I love just being around my family. I love getting together for the holiday, man. It feels so good to be around the people that you care about the most. But so often, um, there are people that just don't feel that way. They don't feel that way because, man, the holidays for them don't bring up memories of joy. Holidays for them don't bring up moments of laughter. The holidays for them don't bring up positive memories of family, but they bring about deep, dark depression and anxiety because the memories that they have that are attached to those moments are not ones that put a smile on their face, but ones that put a weight to their spirit. Depression is a real issue during the holiday season, and I wanted to make sure I took um, some time, and I'm going to be taking the next few weeks to really address uh, uh, this issue, because depression is a real thing. And 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 I know a lot of times, you know, the, the old saints like, oh man, you just you just gotta you just gotta pray more. You get that on one side, and then on the other side, oh, you need to seek counseling, get medical professional help. I I I believe in all that. I I don't believe that it's either or. I believe that it's a both and scenario. And here's the truth about depression: like, there's so many staggering statistics about depression. Depression is the number one cause of disability worldwide. Did you know that? Depression, number one cause of disability worldwide. Depression takes a toll annually on US business to the price of $100 billion a year. People calling out of work, people staying home, jobs not getting done, people not being efficient. Depression costs us a hundred billion dollars a year in the United States alone. But here is the one that hurts me the most. Depression is the primary reason why people commit suicide. Someone commits suicide every 14 minutes. By the time I finish this message, multiple people would have made a decision based upon a feeling of depression, based upon feelings of anxiety, they will make decisions to take their life away when the God of the heavens is the one that gave them their beautiful life. It is saddening to me that people get to a place that is so low where they feel like ending their life is the only way out. And if I can be honest, there's so many reasons that people get depressed, man. I mean, some people get depressed because their finances are out of control, man. They feel like they're robbing Peter to, to pay Paul. They're, they're never on top. They're always behind. They feel like they're sinking under mountains and mountains of debt. Some people are depressed because, you know, you've done the best you can to take care of yourself. You, you exercise, you eat right, you do all the stuff they tell you to do, but the doctor still gives you a bad diagnosis. I know, Mr. Wilson, you, you live a, a good life of health, but I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that this, this cancer is here and this cancer is terminal. Some of us, no matter what we do to preserve ourselves, life happens. And that diagnosis has got you depressed. Some of you, you're the pillar of your family. You're trying to do everything that you can to hold everybody up. Everybody comes to you. You're the one, you're the fixer in the family. You're the problem solver. But after so many years of doing that, the weight is too much for you and you can't solve anybody's problems or help anybody with their issues because you got so many issues of your own and you have found yourself depressed. Some people, they're fighting for their marriage right now, but their partner is not fighting for them, they're fighting against them. Something that you believe was so sacred, the vows that you took, you thought it was gonna be till death, do you part? And right now you're just fighting to be civil in your own household with the person that you swore your life to. It's got you depressed. Well, sometimes holiday seasons like this, the reason that they hurt so much it's because they remind you 
of the loved ones that you've lost, that you can no longer celebrate with. Maybe the mother or father that was there through every season, now they're no longer there. So the holidays bring back all those memories and it makes you miss them even more. And it's got you depressed. Maybe it was a husband, a wife, a brother, a sister, family, or friend. You lost somebody that you spent all those seasons with. Now they're no longer here. So because of it, you find yourself in a deep depression. But maybe you've just been seeking God's help, but you feel as if you're getting no response and you feel depressed. I love what the word says in Psalms 34, 18. It's one of my favorite passages of scripture because it shows that in your deepest, darkest moments, in your depressed moments, in your anxiety moments, in your broken moments, that God is there. For the Bible says that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. God knows your specific situation today and I want you to hear me. He is there with you whether you realize it or not. As a matter of fact, after reading that verse, you should believe that God is even attracted to your brokenness. It's like a magnet for him because he wants nothing more than to love you and to console you in the deepest, darkest moments of your life. See, I also believe that there are folks out there that, man, you know that God is for you. You know that if he is for you, then who can be against you? But you still are depressed. And I wanna be honest. I believe there are those right now that need to seek the help of mental health professionals for your depression. You need assistance. You need somebody that has studied and has the tools to help you process your pain better. I love the Bible. I love Jesus. But some of us need some help from some actual medical professionals for the things that we are facing. But hear me when I say this. Though I believe that medical health professionals can help you. Let me say this about depression. Depression is a spirit. It's a spirit. Depression is a spirit. And I will never, ever allow a diagnosis of depression to diminish God's dominion over the disease. Never. I will never allow it. Because I know that the God that I serve, the creator of the heavens and the earth who created me, body, mind and soul has the power to annihilate, eradicate depression in my life in Jesus name in a moment, in an instant. Yes, I believe that some people need some clinical help, but man, none of that will diminish the power of God. It is God first and foremost. Call depression what it is. It is a spirit that we rebuke in the name of Jesus. He has the power over everything that will come against you. I want you to understand that through the power of Jesus, you can overcome. And today, if you find yourself and you're struggling with depression, I want you to hear me loud and clear. I do not diminish your struggle. I do not cast it aside as if it is unimportant and all you gotta do is take the Jesus pill and everything will be okay. There's times, when, listen, I love, I love Jesus to death, but I'd be lying to you if I said that there were not moments where I found that I was still depressed. I know the answer. I know who he is. I read this word, I pray, and there's still times that it hits me. So I empathize with you. I don't brush off your feelings, man. I don't dismiss you the way that other people might. I know that this thing is real in you, and I know that it is hurting in you because at times it has hurt me too. And I implore you, I encourage you, seek the counsel and the help of professionals. Have faith and pray, but in everything you do to find joy, know that Jesus is the first and foremost cure to heal you of anything you are experiencing. Get help from professionals. 
Seek help in prayer, but know first and foremost, your help comes from the Lord. You see, it's both and but Jesus first. I'm never going to allow Jesus to take the back seat to the therapy. I'm never going to allow Jesus to take the back seat to the council. I'm never going to allow Jesus to take the back seat to the medication. Jesus is first and foremost. All those things can help you, but none of those things will help you like Jesus can. Today, I don't want to just offer you one option. I'm always going to offer you the spiritual option. I'm a pastor. It's what I do. If I didn't do that, then I wouldn't be good at my job. I want to give you the spiritual means. And I want to also give you the practical means to deal with your depression today. But I want you to understand why Jesus is always the number one option to deliver you from anything. So first, I'll give you the spiritual means and then I'll give you the practical means. So if you're taking notes, there's two points that I want you to write down. And the first is this. If you're looking for the spiritual means to deal with your emotions in this holiday season, I'm going to say something real deep and real theological. You ready for it? Here's the spiritual means. Pray harder. (laughs) Pray harder. Pray harder. I know it does not sound like the most deeply theological and spiritual thing that I can tell you. But you need to pray harder. You say, why? It sounds simple, but if it was good enough for Jesus, why is it not good enough for us? Pray harder. I I, I love my mother. And a lot of you uh, know this, but a lot of people don't. My mom literally calls everyone from the church, man. And I get to hear some of those calls. And I love it because All she does, she doesn't call people to ask for anything. All she does, she just calls people to pray with them. And some people are in the middle of their work day. And and people have come back to me time and time again. Pastor Terrence, it's this little lady. She keeps calling me and praying for me. And I don't know how she knows it. It's always at the time I'm feeling the most depressed. It's always at the time I'm the most stressed out. This lady calls me. And when I'm done with that call, man, I I feel so much better better, man. I thought she was only going to call me one time, but man, it's like every month I get a call from this lady. It's always at the time that I need it the most. Most people don't even realize that's my mother calling you. My mother calls you because her favorite thing to do in the world is to pray. And I always hear, man, that old saint prayed for me. And man, I felt so much better after she did. It's something about the OGs, man. I, I, I call them OGs. They're the original gospel gangsters. You know what I'm talking about? Like they just know how to pray. Like it's one thing to like pray for yourself, but it's something when them OGs pray for you, like you feel better when they pray for you. Why? You know why you feel so good when they pray for you? Because those OGs, they have, they have developed consistent habits of prayer. They pray constantly. They do what the Bible says. They pray without ceasing. So they pray so constant and they pray so long that when you hear their prayers, you think that they have developed this prayer language that only a Rhodes Scholar could have developed. No, they've they've developed it in the fire. They've developed it in the drama. They've developed it in the mess of their life because they realize, man, there's something to this prayer thing. I got to pray when it hurts. I got to pray when I feel good. I got to pray when I don't feel good. And you love their prayers because you are literally feeling the spiritual weight of their prayers because they've been doing it for so so consistently and they've been doing it for so long that there's a different spiritual weight that you feel when they pray for you. That's why you feel so good when the OGs pray. You know why? Because they have learned over time and through experience and through the mess of their own life, they've learned how to pray harder. They've learned how to pray harder. So you're just experiencing that. And the truth of the matter is you like when somebody like that prays for you, because if you could be really honest, they pray harder for you than you pray for yourself. Some of us, we pray, oh, God, help me. Oh, 
I need help. And then you're done and you go about your business. The OGs come on in the name of Jesus. I bind the spirit of depression that is over your life in the mighty matchless name of our Lord and Savior. I declare that if God be for you, who can be against you? I rebuke and bind any enemy spirit that will try to come about you and declare with the power and the authority by the name of Jesus that by his stripes you are healed of anything any infirmity, any mental illness, any stress, any anxiety, any shame, any pain, any guilt, you are delivered from that in Jesus' name. That doesn't just happen by happenstance. Those people have been praying about the mess of their life for so long that you feel the weight when they pray for you because they understand what it means to pray harder. Some of you don't feel some of you don't feel the weight of your own prayers because you don't pray hard. You pray because you know you need to, but you don't pray hard. Once again, this is not just something that I made up. I'm following a scriptural example of Jesus. Look at Jesus in the most traumatic time of his entire life. He knows he's about to die. Like, I know I will die one day. I don't know when Jesus knew exactly when he would die. He knew exactly what he would have to go through. Could you imagine knowing the pain of the cross is before you? Jesus, the son of God, all God, but also all man, his flesh feels the weight of the experience that he is about to have. And he gets down on his knees in the garden and he prays. Look at what the Bible says in Luke 22, 40. Two through 44. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them. He knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet, not my will, yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Look at verse 44. And being in anguish, this is after he gets the strength. He's in anguish. Being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. Let me translate that for you. And being in anguish, he prayed harder. He prayed harder. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Let me, let me, let me describe for you or give you the denotation of the word anguish. Excruciating, distress, suffering, or pain. Excruciating, distress, suffering, or pain. Jesus got strengthened by the angel and was still in pain. I believe that God allows us to see this, to see the human nature of Jesus. He literally is allowing him to go through a mental strain, mental anxiety, mental depression in this moment about what is about to happen to him with this cross experience. He's allowing him to go through that. And it says, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, feeling depressed. Let me translate this for you. Jesus prayed harder. If it was good enough for Jesus, why is it not good enough for us? Jesus was literally having a mental breakdown about the cross and he prayed harder. H have you ever known that an experience is coming? that you did not want to do and, 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 and you knew you had to do it. So like you physically and like mentally just began to get like weak and terrified about it. You get anxiety about it because you know what's coming. Why? That happens to you because you're thinking about what has happened in the past. If you've had a previous experience or you're thinking about what could happen in the future, you're thinking about what has happened or what could happen. Most people never do what they are called to do because of what has or what could happen. Your fear, your depression, your anxiety cripples you. Jesus crippled with fear, thinking about the cross has to pray harder. And this is the place where a lot of us 
get stuck. We don't pray harder. We allow the fear to imprison us and we don't do the things that we are purposed for. We don't do the things that we are called to do. It's it's the people that say, man, I'm not going to go to the interview because the last time I went to the interview, they called me back here 10 times. I still ain't get the job. Who's to say that the next time I go to an interview, it won't happen again. You're basing what you are called to do on what has happened or what could happen. I'm not going to ask a question again because last time I asked a question, I felt stupid. What if I ask another one this time and more people think I'm stupid or more people think I don't have any sense? You're basing what you are called to do on what has happened or what could happen. Ah, man, listen, Pastor T, you know I like the way she worshiped, right? Like I'd be watching her during worship. Well, Pastor T, you know I like the way he worshiped. I'd be watching him during worship. And I'm like, all right, then go ask her out. Go ahead, go ahead, just go, go ahead. Nah, 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 I can't do that. Last time I asked somebody out that I like, it ain't go well. And I, I, you know what? I'm content with just watching them worship. I'm never going to ask because I don't want it to go the way that it went last time. Like you could be looking at your mate and you are scared to ask because of what has happened or what could happen. The worst they could say is no. Sometimes they just playing hard to get. And sometimes you just need to know when to hold them and when to fold them. But I promise you, if you believe there's somebody out there for you, ask, keep asking. Don't sit back in silence and live a life of solitude when you don't have to. Stop worrying about what has happened or stop worrying about what could happen and go do what you are called to do. Ah, Pastito. I'm not getting involved in church. Like I like this church because y'all been like real cool. Get it? Pun intended. Y'all been like real cool with me since I got here and I feel like it's it's a family, but I've been involved in church before and I've gotten hurt. I got in church hurt. So because of that, and because I want to stay cool with y'all, I'm going to attend, but I'm not going to be a part. Like I'm not going to serve because I don't want what happened at the last place to come and happen at this place too. Why are you talking like that? That hasn't even happened yet. That hasn't even happened. You never know, serving the house might be the greatest thing that you ever do. Maybe God will heal the hurts of your past if you can serve him in your present. Stop thinking about what has happened. Stop thinking about the bad that could happen and do what God has called you to do. Some people literally live in the prison of their present because of what has happened in their past and what they believe can happen in their future. They're surrounded by the trauma that has been and the fear of what could be. But prayer is hope in a prison of doubt, man. This is why we pray, because it gives us hope. Here's the thing. Like Pastor T, like I want to pray. I want to do the OG prayers. I want to pray harder. Like, like here's, here's the beautiful thing about prayer. Your prayers don't have to be perfect. If your prayers are anything like Jesus's, they were desperate. Listen, prayer is not about perfection. It's about a desperation in your spirit. The other account of this story, I love it because it shows the desperation, not just in Jesus's mental, but in his physical. The other account of this story in Mark 26, 41, Jesus said this out of his own mouth. He said, man, my spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. There's the like he's admitting to a physical weakness. You say, how do you know this is true? Because then Luke talks about it. Luke, the doctor, the physician, he talks about it in his book. And he says that Jesus sweat drops of blood. That is a condition, a physical condition brought about by stress and anxiety. It is when you are in a weakened state, hematidrosis happens. And when this happens, the capillaries, the capillary blood vessels, they Burst. These are the blood vessels that feed your sweat glands and it allows your sweat glands, instead of ex- exuding sweat, they exude blood. This only happens under conditions of extreme physical. Jesus had not physically gone to the cross yet, so we know it wasn't that. Or emotional stress. Jesus was stressed. Yes. Jesus was depressed. Yes. Jesus had anxiety. Yes. 
He would not be the perfect high priest if he had not experienced the things that we would experience as human beings. Jesus knows what it feels like to be broken. I need you to truly understand that there was a tension in the spirit of Jesus. His spirit and his flesh, his spirit was willing, but his flesh was weak. So much so that it created an adverse physical reaction. People say stuff like, man, I'm too anxious to pray. What? Jesus was so anxious, his body told on him. His body told how anxious he was, and what did he do? He prayed harder. Jesus prays harder. You don't always need to be strong to pray. You need to be desperate. This is what Jesus did. You see, these were not the prayers of strength of God before me. Who could be against me? No, these were prayers that came from a place of brokenness. How do you know this? Because of what Hebrews 5, 7 says, that Jesus prayed with loud cries and large tears and was heard because of his reverent submission. Jesus was on his knees when he prayed. This was not the bow standing, chin up, chest out, shoulders back prayer. These were prayers of submission. Jesus. You got to understand, his prayers weren't always pretty. There was a desperation to them. And in that brokenness, God the Father heard him loud and clear. And I want somebody to hear me. You say, I'm depressed, man. I'm trying to pray. I'm trying to pray harder. Let me tell you something. You need to pray yourself to a place of brokenness because brokenness is not a sign of weakness. It is a signal to God that you are ready. Sometimes you got to go low because when you are low, the only direction to look is up. And we serve the God that acknowledges you in your lowest spaces. Some of you have not prayed as hard as you can pray about this depression. Some of you have not prayed as hard as you can pray about this anxiety. Some of you have not prayed as hard as you can pray about this stress, but I promise you when you get to a place of full submission in God, in your prayers of brokenness, in your prayers, when you pray harder, I promise you that God will deliver you in your time of need. When Jesus was having a mental breakdown, he committed himself to pray harder. Pray harder. Most spiritual thing you can do when you're depressed is pray harder. But I told you, I give you the spiritual side and I give you the practical side. I don't want you to just pray harder. I want you to pray harder and have proper perspective. Pray harder and have proper perspective. It's the practical side. Look at what the Bible says. We'll read that passage again in Luke 42 through 44. It says, he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, his disciples. He went farther than them. He knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, listen to this, underline this, take this cup from me. You ever want to know if Jesus wanted the cross? There's your answer. Take this cup from me. He didn't want it. I don't want to bear this cup. I don't want to be the cupbearer. I don't want the cross. Take it away, God. That's what Jesus was saying. Take this cup from me. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, yours be done. Not my will, yours be done. Verse 43, an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Oh my God, that, that is so, so powerful. The practical method that Jesus displays for us in this passage to combat your depression is to have a proper perspective. When you pray hard, you need to have a proper perspective. It's the most practical thing that you can do. See, it's not just about praying hard. If you don't have the proper perspective about what you are believing for, You'll deceive yourself into thinking that God's not answering you when he is. Let me tell you something. A lot of people ask for stuff. And because they don't have a proper perspective, 
It's like, oh, God ain't answered me. No, you deceived yourself into thinking that God has not answered you when he actually has. Jesus, finding himself in great distress, experiences so much anxiety from just the thought of the cross and bearing the sins of the world. The Bible says he needed an angel to strengthen him. That is key. He says, take this cup from me, yet not my will yours be done. That's proper perspective. Verse 43, the result, an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. Because so many of us, I'm including myself in this too, because we lack proper perspective, there are people that have prayed with desperation and you think that God hasn't heard you when in actuality, he's been strengthening you this whole time. He strengthened you the whole time. See, why, 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 why didn't God give me that mate that I prayed for? Because he knew that that mate wasn't the mate for you. That might be the mate that didn't love you, but it might be the mate that would abuse you. You see, you lack proper perspective. Why, why, why God didn't give me the house that I really wanted? He knows my family really needs it. How come we didn't, we didn't get it? Because maybe, just maybe, God knew that that house wouldn't appraise for what you were willing to pay for. Maybe God was trying to put some value in your pocket when you was about to literally burn money by trying to get something that wouldn't even appraise for what it was worth. Maybe God even had something bigger, something with more space for you, but because you were willing to settle out of your desperation, you wouldn't get what he had for you. Thank God that he did not give you the house. You see, if you still want the house, you might be lacking proper perspective. But how come God didn't give me that job? Maybe God knew you were too big for the position. Stop being mad at him about it. You lack proper perspective. Oh, how come, how come like, 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 like God, God keep taking people out of my life. Like, like I thought we was, we was cool. How come this keep happening? Maybe God knew that that person was no good for you. Stop getting upset about it. You see, you lack proper perspective. Well, how, how come God hasn't taken this illness away from me? I already prayed by your stripes, I am healed. I declared it, I, 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 I believe it. How come he hasn't delivered me? Because maybe what God is going to deliver you from is greater than what you're actually currently going through right now. But you lack proper perspective. Hear me when I say this, with all the love in the world, just because God hasn't pulled you out of the fire, doesn't mean he hasn't granted you the strength to go through it. That's how God answers prayer sometimes. Not by giving you exactly what you requested, but what you need to keep going. This is God. God's answer to Jesus was not to take the cross away, but it was to give him strength to endure it. Then Jesus said, if you could take this cup from me, did God take the cup away? No, he sent an angel to strengthen him. Do you know how many things that I have prayed personally to God for and he gave me strength instead? I can't, it's like, it's like I, I don't have time in this message to tell you all the things I personally prayed for and instead of giving me what I asked, God gave me strength. Like I remember praying for my brother and sister not have, not, to not have to go to war in Iraq and Afghanistan. Guess what? God didn't answer that prayer. He sent them. But you know what he also sent? He sent them with strength to get through it. Now they're home and well and with their families and they love Jesus and they're safe and they're sound because God did not grant the request to not send them. He just sent them with strength. How many times have I gotten on my knees, myself, my wife, all the people in the church, we've been praying for a building that is ours, some land that God would just deliver for us, a promised land filled with milk and honey, but it still has not happened. Hasn't happened. What has God given us? The strength to keep going. The strength to stay on mission. 
the strength to walk up into Miramar High and say that we are still the miracle in Miramar. And until God gives us what we've been looking for, we're going to serve you. God gave us the strength to serve the people that needed the most. We asked for ability. He gave us the strength to love people. He gave us the strength to serve people. I've been praying personally for over a decade to have a child, a physical birth child for my wife to birth a child. Has it happened yet? No, but God has given me and my wife the strength to keep on trying. I don't care how old we get. We are still believing. God still has the dream in our spirit and we will not give up because the Bible tells us to do not get weary in doing good in due season. We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Did I get what I wanted? No, but I got the strength to keep going. This is what you need to keep on going. You only you only will acknowledge the strength that you get when you don't get what you ask for when you have the proper perspective. This is what proper perspective does. People don't always realize that the answer to some of our prayers by God will to simply be to grant the strength to endure. But without proper perspective, you won't even see it. You're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. God may not rescue you. He might just choose to strengthen you for what's ahead. That is the healthiest perspective you can ever have. We got to, man, when we realize all the things that God never gave us, but he gave us the strength to go through, we should get down on our face, on our hands and knees and say, thank you, God. Thank you so much for giving me the strength to endure. Because in the, 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 the reality is, I know there's a lot of things that might have people depressed, but here's the truth. You cannot control what happens to you in this life. The only thing you can control is how you respond. People with proper perspective, we respond the right way. We know we can't control the occurrences. We know we can't control life happening to us. But because we have proper perspective, the most practical thing we can have, we respond properly. The fact that some of us are still here after the hardest moments in our life means that God has answered your request with strength. So you need to take a moment on this Sunday morning to clap your hands, raise them towards the heavens and say, God, thank you, Jesus, for not giving me what I asked for, but for giving me the strength to keep on going, giving me the strength to still be here when so many are not. God, I'm thankful because I have proper perspective today you must pray but you must have proper perspective be as spiritual as you want to be in your prayers but be as practical as you need to be with your perspective have proper perspective because the truth of the matter is it's not either or it's not one or the other it's both and but at the end of the day Jesus, you need to understand this. He doesn't need to be your final option. He must always be your first resort. I'm all about being spiritual. I'm all about being practical. But man, more than anything, I want to be Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. I want, I want Jesus to always be my first option. Some of us wait till we go through hell and high water and then we say, God, I need you to save me. Jesus is the last option because you have nothing else left when Jesus should not be your last option after you've tried everything else. He shouldn't be after you've done all you can. No, 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 no. The first thing you need to do is go to Jesus because it's both and but Jesus first. I want you to understand in the kingdom, Jesus has never been the last option. He's never been the last resort. He's always been the first and final option to save humanity. He was always God's plan. This is why I love 1 Peter 1, 19 through 21. It says, but with the precious blood of Christ, the lamb without blemish or defect, listen to this, 
Underline this. He was chosen before the creation of the world. The world didn't get created. Adam and Eve didn't sin. And then God says, hmm, you know what? I'm going to send Jesus. No, before the world ever existed, before the creation of the world, he, Jesus, was chosen to be the first option because it's both and, but it's always Jesus first. But the Bible says that he was revealed in these last times for whose sake? For our sake. Verse 21, through him. You believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. So and so your faith and hope are in God. Prayer and perspective are great options. You need to exercise both. But Jesus has always been God's number one option from the beginning. And today, Jesus can be the number one option in your life to free you of that depression, to free you of that anxiety. If you want to live a life, I'm not saying a life that is easy, but a life where you know you can always count on the number one option, you need a life. You need a life where you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Not because you got nothing else to do, not because you got nowhere else to turn. He can show up for you like that too, but I promise you, our God loves when you choose him first. Choose them first. Some of y'all have been down all kinds of roads where you've chosen all kinds of other things. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. That's cool. Try Jesus. Jesus first. Because there's no depression. He cannot heal if you choose to put him first in your life. I don't know who needs to hear this message today, but I know some folks are going through pain. I know some folks are going through hurt. I know some folks are going through sorrow. Get therapy, seek counseling, pray harder. Get a bunch of people to pray for you. Pray for yourself. But first and foremost, trust Jesus. Trust Jesus for he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through him. For the Bible I read tells me who the Son sets free is free indeed. He can free you of that spirit of depression all over your life if you choose him first. Today, stop waiting. Don't wait around any longer. Put Jesus first and foremost in your life. Allow him to be the head and the priest of your life. And in him, listen, sometimes you got to go do the work of the, of the therapy. Sometimes you need to seek that. But let me tell you something. I served a God that can heal you like that. Put him first. He can do it. He can do it. Nothing is impossible for him. By his stripes, you are healed. If you want Jesus Christ as your number one option, if you want to put Jesus first in your life, if you want to accept him as your personal Lord and Savior on the count of three, wherever you are, I want you to raise your hand. I don't care if people are looking at you. You need to make a public confession for Jesus. Here we go. One, two, three. Hold it. I, you're raising your hand to say, Jesus is my number one option. I'm putting Jesus first today. Jesus first. That's you. Keep that hand up. I love it. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that when you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, he was raised from the dead, you're saved. Confess and believe and you are saved. I want everybody in the sound of my voice watching all over the world right now. Repeat this after me. It's not the words that you're going to say out of your mouth. It's what you mean in your heart. Right here. Not right here. Right here, you need to put Jesus first. So say it with me. Say, dear Jesus, I've sinned. I'm not proud of it, but I admit it. Today, I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness, to take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me, Lord into your wonderful family. Today, I give my life completely to you. Jesus, today, I put you first. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Man, let me tell you something, family. You said that prayer today. You meant it in your heart. Jesus is in his rightful place in your life first. Listen, if you're out there suffering from depression, you need help. 
you can always reach out to us here at Cool Church and there'll be some info on the screen. We, we are affiliated with some mental health counselors. If you need that help, we can get you that help. We can refer you to that help. But let me tell you something. I always believe that Jesus can break the spirit of depression over your life. All you got to do is put it first. Hey, so many people made a decision today. I can't open up the ceiling and show you what's happening in heaven. But the Bible says when one comes back to the father, there's a celebration in heaven. And right now, all online, I want you to start hitting those hearts, start hitting those likes, hitting those claps on the count of three. We're about to give them the big, biggest celebration. Let them know they ain't got to worry about depression or anxiety because they chose to put Jesus first in their life. And Jesus celebrates you today. Maybe you didn't have a joyous spirit about this holiday, but you can have joy in your spirit now that Jesus put you first. And you can be proud that finally you're putting him first on the count of three. Let's clap. Here we go. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for my brothers and sisters that chose to put you first. Man, so excited, so excited, so blessed. I hope that blessed somebody. If you know somebody that needs to hear this, hit the share button. Share this message with them. We got a few more uh, uh, services today so they can watch online. They can watch on demand. I love y'all so much. Cannot wait to see you again. Let me tell you something. December, the last month of 2021 is here and we're shifting up our meeting schedule a little bit like i said january we're gonna be in miramar high school all right that's in january if you show up to miramar high school in december you're gonna be by yourself we're not there yet january you show we're gonna be there in december next week we are going to be meeting online one more time and then the following few weeks we'll be meeting in person at the cultural center again so next week, everybody say it with me, next week, next Sunday, okay, that's December 5th, we are going to be online again. So do not miss it. I know, I know you want to, I know you want to get back to meeting and all that. I promise you, listen, you already know the new house is coming. So just wait, be patient. Join us again next Sunday. I got part two of both and with Jesus first. I hope this bless you. I'm excited. Reach towards me. Let me bless you before you go. Remember, next week is Communion Sunday. It's BYOB. Since you're at your house, bring your own bread. I love you. Reach towards me. Father God, I thank you for the greatest people in all the world, the people of Cool Church. Bless them as they rise up, as they lie down, as they go out, as they come in and they're laboring in their leisure. God, surround them with your presence. And God, I pray that this week of their life will be the best week of their life. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Love you, fam. God bless. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.